This is a Federal News Network podcast. Welcome to For Your Benefit, presented by NITP, the federal leader in retirement planning seminars sponsored by WEPA. Join NITP for an hour of plain talk on planning your future. You've got questions, they've got answers. Today's date is October 23rd, 2023. We're here for the For Your Benefit radio show. I'm Bob Lines, and we have our guest, Herb Casey. Herb's a federal retirement specialist because he worked for the federal government and retired from it, right, Herb? That is correct. And so uh, uh, many things we'll talk about. We'll talk about relocating and downsizing in retirement. So when one is approaching retirement, how far out should somebody start thinking about it? A year, two? You know, to, to be honest, Bob, and, you know, the reality is you, I always tell individuals, you start thinking about retirement as soon as you start working because you know that that day will come. And you, you do things such as you, you set aside money, you know, in your retirement account, or if you're in the federal, especially in the federal sector, you're either paying into FERS as well as you're paying into your TSP. So you're preparing for retirement from that standpoint from day one. You know what, you know, this, when you start talking about the emotional side and the psychological, I always tell individuals, you still need to start thinking about what is going to happen or what do you plan to do after that day that you leave the federal sector well what what do you find in your i won't say your toughest um discussion with people or, or classes but generally speaking what was what does a tough group want to know more about or doesn't buy into something i mean the the, the reality is sometimes people may feel that it's too early to think about some of these things, especially, you know, when you start talking about uh, the topic we're looking at today, relocating in retirement, you know, especially early in a person's career, there many times that is not even a thought. It only happens as you get closer uh, to retiring. Then that's when you begin to think about where might you want to move to or do you want to stay where you are? Do you find a greater percent uh, are moving today than what they were 10 years ago? Uh, probably today, probably not as much. One of the things that's happened, you know, they say is because, you know, because of the market that we're in, you have individuals who would like to relocate, but because they are concerned about inflation or if they have a home that, they have a low interest rate on if they have to move now they sell that place and now they're going to end up in some place that they have to pay uh more interest so really you know the the i guess the desire is out there but it's just the fact from you know based on you know news reports that people are slowing down in regards to relocating especially if that's the case where they're going to have to sell the place in order to to buy a new place so you find that there's a greater percent that then stay rather than sell? Probably so. I mean, I think the statistics show about 40% of of individuals will relocate sometime during retirement and the other 60% won't. Hmm. The ones that move are family, is family a major consideration? I mean, there, there are all these relocation considerations. And so that's where, you know, when you start talking about relocation, there are things such as your spouse or your significant other. You know, that's sort of the first uh, area, uh, because if that significant other or spouse doesn't want to relocate, it's going to be hard for you to make that happen. Uh, so that's one of the areas. Uh, another is also going to be climate. You know, there's some people who want to move to a warmer spot. I don't know if that's something that you'd be looking at, Bob, down the road is moving to a warmer spot in retirement, where some people may say that they want a four season uh, climate. So that's another consideration. 
And, you know, you know, one of the things you probably have seen is the fact that taxes uh, could be an issue for some people. And so some individuals say that they'd like to move away from states that have state income tax and move somewhere where the tax burden is going to be a little less. So there's a variety of considerations when you're trying to relocate that you have to think about, uh, you know, and as you get older, things such as health care, you know, what what's going to be uh, the you know, ability for you to have the same level of health care that maybe you have uh, where you currently are. Good point. Now, in somebody listening or in general, what advice would you give them for finding the best place? In other words, you might say, well, what have you looked at thus far? And they'll hem and haw and you'd say, well, did you consider this, that or another thing? Do they, do they take offense to that or do they say, tell me more? And, and, you know, one thing that happens is, and I'm sure you've seen this too, the best places to retire to. You know, you, you could do a Google search and probably find 50 best places to retire to. <laughs> but the reality is you have to know why, you, you know, what's important to you. And I think that's going to be, that's what we tell people. What's important to you? What are the factors? You know, what are you looking for in a neighborhood? What are you going to be looking for, you know, in housing? What type of housing will you? What about safety? You know, what's what's that going to mean to you? Diversity. So there's a variety of factors that, um, you know, I tell individuals that you want to be aware of. You know, what about things such as uh, the cost of living, the weather? And the weather is becoming a bigger one now uh, in regards to extreme weather. And, and so one of the things that's happening is now in regards to moving, I know years ago, Florida was considered a good place because of the warm weather, but also now you have an issue with extreme weather with hurricanes. So you have to really take a look and say, what are all these things that you're going to be concerned with before you relocate? Yeah, you know, so somebody that did look at that and then they say, hmm, the weather uh, is an issue with me. Do they or say they were in the south? Do they come a little bit more up north? Do they go into the belly of the country uh, or are they all over the place? Again, it's going to depend on what's important to them, because it could be that that person's also looking for other things. Weather is just one of the factors. They may also be looking at the uh you know the quality of life you know there may be things that they are looking for certain activities what if they're interested in going to the theater you know at that point you want to make sure that wherever you move that it has those activities so really weather is going to be one of the factors but you'd have to maybe rank that and say well you know can i deal with some extreme weather uh, you know for a short period of time while i'm in a place or is that just a is that just going to strike that city off my list and there and there's a variety of of sites out there bob that individuals can use to help them in trying to determine the best place to relocate to and where would one look okay i'm going to i'm going to give you five places that individuals can look i mean you know one always you could google but again, like I said, if you Google best places to retire to, you're basing it on what someone else or what another company has said. This is based on their factors. But a way that you can do it without having that influence, there is one site called niche.com. That's N-I-C-H-E dot com. And it reviews towns and neighborhoods and it, it grades them from A to F. And it's looking at factors such as schools, housing, safety, diversity, crime. It's it's looking at all of these things. And based on what you are, it's important to you, you can then determine if the city you were looking at may not have what you're looking for. Really? And, yeah. and, and this is available on the web? It's on the web. You don't have to sign up for anything. You can just uh, put in information and it will help you determine what may be a place that would be you know what you're looking for also there's one called livability.com 
and that's livability.com, where it provides basic statistics on cities, uh, their population, race, gender, economics. So that way it helps you to know. And then there's one called bestplaces.com, which is probably the easiest one for people to remember. Uh, and it ranks cities based on weather, cost of living, population, transportation, uh, schools and housing. So especially transportation, because as you age, many times you do want the ability to have uh, transportation, public transportation available or the ability to catch an Uber versus you having to drive everywhere. Wow. I mean, that's a lot to consider. <laughs> and it seems to me sometimes, at least around here, when, when it's cold, I'm I'm going to move. I'm going to Florida or I'm going to someplace warm. And again, there's nothing wrong with that, but it's uh, uh, sometimes the wrong reaction if you're making somewhat of a life decision. Yeah. And so and one of the things you look at is testing the waters because Reality is many times when we think about relocating, we're thinking about relocating to some place that we may have vacationed to. And so we enjoyed that place. But the reality is we never lived in that place uh, or stayed in that place for more than two to three weeks at a time. So this is one of the things that, you know, they often we often say, if you're thinking about moving to that that paradise place that you went on vacation, it may not be paradise if you decide you want to live there 12 months a year. So we always, the thoughts are test the waters, be rent in a place to see what's going to be like before you actually up and move. So what, what do you call it when you move from a colder climate? What do they call it? Snowbirds or either, what's the term for oh, that? The, Oh, the, the snowbirds, uh, they want the best of both worlds. They, you know, they basically say during the coldest months of where they live, they're coming to the place, place that's warm. And once it gets warm in that place, then they're going back to that cooler place. So it, it, it happens, you know, quite a bit. I, I mean, here being in Florida, one of the things you do see is individuals come down during certain months and then they return to their uh, you know, uh, place of where they live most of the year. Most times it's going to be nor up in the northern states or even into Canada. Really? Yeah. So Canada has a nice climate? Well, I'll say they have snowbirds that come down to the, the U.S. Uh, in the southern states in order to get away from the cold Canadian yeah. winters. Yeah, I, I, <clears throat> I traveled years ago you know, for work, and I get up to Detroit and a little bit into Canada sometimes. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but, you know, those who live there, it's kind of like when they come down to a warmer climate like Metro D.C. or, you know, in the South, they don't handle that well. So, so I guess the question is, why do retirees relocate anyway? I mean, is there is there some kind of magic rule? Well, again, it's all these different considerations. It could be the climate, like I said, could, could be the tax burden. Uh, they want less tax. Could be healthcare coming somewhere that has, uh, I'd say, good healthcare and the quality of life, as well as things such as cost of living. Uh, those could be some of the reasons why individuals may choose to move from higher areas to lower cost areas. Okay, uh, Andrew, the ever-efficient engineer tells us uh, it's time uh, for a break and listen to what our sponsors. Times have changed, but WEPA's mission remains the same, to promote the health, welfare, and financial well-being of civilian federal employees. WEPA offers group term life insurance to civilian federal employees with up to $1.5 million in coverage, regardless of salary. As a WEPA member, you can access exclusive rates and benefits not available to the general public. How does this compare to Fegley? Unlike Fegley, WEPA's coverage amounts are not capped by your salary. WEPA will cover your family as well. For your children, WEPA offers double the benefits that Fegley offers. And for your spouse, WEPA offers 20 times more coverage than Fegley. 20 times more coverage. 
WAPIS coverage is also portable if you decide to leave the federal government or retire. You can even supplement or replace your existing policy. See how much you could save by visiting waepa.org today. Welcome back to For Your Benefit. Um, I'm Bob Lyons. I'm here with Herb Casey. Herb is a federal retirement specialist and <laughs> walks the walk and talks the talk. So it's been a career with Uncle and now a um, consultant in retirement. And of course, Andrew, the ever-efficient engineer, keeps us on track. So where are we going next, Herb? Oh, I would say, you know, once you've figured out that whole aspect of relocating, you know, you've, you've sort of determined why you want to. You've now looked at the different tools that help you figure out what factors are important to you. Now it's the fact that once you do that relocation, relocating are even before you relocate, you now have to determine, you know, what's going to happen in regards to your possessions. So that's that's another aspect. If you're relocating, now you have to deal with what am, what, do, what do I take with me or what do I leave behind? So that's that's another aspect, I would say, uh, when you relocate is how, what do you do with all these possessions? Yeah. <clears throat> what do you find that people keep that you go, why did you really want to keep that? I guess that's too narrow of a question. <clears throat> but what what are some of the big things <clears throat> that people keep maybe shouldn't? I mean, I think the, the, the biggest thing is that you have to look at where are you going to move to? You know, what are your, going to be your space requirements? Uh, because in some cases, um, some individuals will move to s smaller spaces. Some individuals will move to larger spaces. So this is where now they have to determine. You know, and, and typically individuals may keep things based on sentimental uh, values that these things may have with them. Uh, you know, they may, you know, decide that they're going to uh, keep mementos that they have. Some may even decide to keep their uh, their kids, uh, you know, uh, art. So there's a variety of things. And, 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 and the reality is an individual has to decide what is important to them. And, and that, to me, is a personal thing versus us being able to say, this is what everyone should do. So <clears throat> what do you find the most, somebody comes in and says, I want to do this, that, or another thing. Excuse me, I don't know what happened here. How, how do you tutor somebody that's on the brink and say, okay, here's a plus, here's a minus? You know, you, you, you're going to sort of, when they're talking about, you know, their whole aspect of, of downsizing or determining what to keep, you, you have to find out from them why are they downsizing. It could be that they want to simplify life, meaning that, you know, they, they, they want a fresh start. Some individuals say, I'm retired and now let me start anew. I, and so at that point, some of those individuals will decide to purge themselves of many of the things that they have, you know, this whole aspect of living a more simpler life. And then, then you may have some that say there's a lifestyle change where they now say, I'm retired. I don't have uh, to worry about kids at home. I don't have pets. So, and even if they do have pets, they may say they want to travel more. They may have a new hobby uh, that they are wanting to develop. So with that, they need space in a different way. Also, you know, one of the other reasons people may downsize is just the fact that, you know, healthcare and mobility, the fact that, uh, you know, they may want one level living now. And, and we know many people have, you know, two and three story uh, homes. And this may be if you don't want to walk up and down stairs every day, move into one level is also going to be an important aspect. And if we look at mobility, 
you know, what if, you know, you have issues in being mobile? At that point, you may want to make sure there's a place that has public transportation uh, and that downsizing or what about the hospitals? How convenient will hospitals and doctors be to you? And, and then more along the lines of probably what you would look at in, in your field is the financial. You know, what's going to happen with the maintenance cost? you know, as well as your cash flow. So you have to think about all of these reasons when you're, you're looking at this aspect. How do, you, how do you coach somebody that maybe needs coaching, but they don't, they don't want to admit it or they don't understand it? What, what, what would be the buzzwords? And this could be a friend and, you know, your friend is this way, that way, or another way. So you have to find a subtle way to get to their needs. I would say probably one of the biggest ways to get at their needs is looking at the financial reasons or, or the financial, because <clears throat> sure, when you get ready to retire, you know, a lot of individuals, and this is what we tell them, <clears throat> look at what your income is going to be once you retire versus prior to retirement and look at your expenses. And now the reality is, can you continue to have the same level expenses with reduced income? And, and with that, it may, it may provide a variety of options. You know, it could be the person may say, well, you know, I really, even though I'm going to have a reduced income, I still don't want to give up this lifestyle. So at that point, now there are other options that they may have to think about things such as, Maybe they, yeah. they're going to have to get a part-time job after retiring in order to be able to keep that. Or else, uh, you know, then they may look and say, you know, reality is I'm going to need to downsize. I'm going to need to sell in order to be able to have the type of life that I'd like to have in retirement. Gordon, what do you find the toughest, not to convince people, but to see the light? Well, it was if you were to tough toughest doesn't sound like a great word but how do you get to somebody's inner soul where maybe they didn't consider x y or z well it's it's really you know asking them questions and this is one of the things we often do uh which this is more along the lines of <laughs> sort of visioning what you want your future to be and and that's one of the things we'll do with individuals actually help out with a, a course over at Department of State where they send people through a month-long course on transitioning to retirement. And in there, one of the first things we do is to have them begin to think about what is the type of life you want? You know, envision, sort of take, you know, think about what you want your future to be and begin to write down in a variety of dimensions, you know, things that we're going to have. For instance, you know that finances will be one. You know that, um, you know, things such as your uh, leisure. So we want them to take a look at all these areas within their life and sort of envision what do they expect in the future. And once you do that, now you can get to the part, well, your current situation is this going to help you do that or will you need to make some changes? So it's a way of putting that on paper and now they can begin to determine are they going to be prepared or do they need to make some adjustments? And, and you know, many people, you know, often say if you can begin this process in earnest at least five or six, five years before you retire, it gives you time to make some, some adjustments here. Uh, because typically most people are not going to look at this 10 and 15 years prior to retiring. They're going to look at it as they get closer to retirement because at that point they know what their financial, uh, you know, expenses will typically be or what their income streams would be. Well, <clears throat> what would be some of the, the higher cost areas not that anyone should show show yeah, on it, but you know somebody might say, yeah, I want to go there, but it's but it's a little too expensive. Uh, do they ever rate cities by cost of living? 
They do. And I think that one site, let me just, I think the cost of living, bestplaces.com is a good place that will also rank cities based on cost of living. So, but again, that's only going to be one factor. So, you know, there's going to be other factors that you want to consider because if you're only thinking about the cost of living in regards to retirement, the reality is it could put you in the middle of nowhere. And, 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 and at that point, you would not be happy. So, so cost of living is one aspect of it. But, you know, you, you, you have to, you know, add these other factors that make you happy or make you feel fulfilled if you were to move. Because I've seen people who decided that they wanted to move uh, and, and they sold everything. They came to a community and within the first year, they didn't like it and they sold and decided to go back. So really? I think, you know, you, you have to be careful too. You have to really research to make sure the community you're moving to is a place that is what you're looking for. I, I, I imagine that's tough because you have to, you have to ask a lot of questions or look at, you know, look at uh, the different sectors of the city uh, what yeah. might be more attractive to them versus uh, so there, there's some homework. Um, I, I don't, <clears throat> I certainly don't have your expertise, but you know, just over the years, knowing friends say from high school or college, and uh, <clears throat> I'm going there, and then <clears throat> well, you know, they come back. And I said, well, what what didn't you like? It was too hot, or it was too cold, or uh, it was too expensive, and. Um, I didn't. I didn't look at the development map. I didn't know where the next beltway was going through. Was it your backyard, or was it far enough away not to hear the tires? So, yeah. But and, that, and that's the reality of, about this whole aspect. You so you know you mentioned asking others about their experiences. That is an important aspect, uh, just so that way you're not moving into this blindly. Yeah, I know. I could go to college and high school reunions, and you know, let's say it's 10, 15 years out and whatnot, and a, a decent percentage of them moved and then removed. Um, it wasn't it wasn't what they thought. It wasn't bad, but it just wasn't utopia for them. And you know, another thing that will happen too, Bob, and we often tell individuals is that you have you have. Um, what we call three phases of retirement. You have early retirement, mid-retirement, and late retirement. And with those, there could be a relocation that happens. Uh, early retirement, think about it. <clears throat> if, <clears throat> if you were to think about where you'd want to retire to, chances are it may be some place that you went to on vacation. Uh, and so early retirement, you still will be able to do a lot of the same things. You still will want to go out to eat. You still will want to go to the theater if that's something you want to do. So you would want to, if you're relocating, relocate to someplace that gives you that ability. Then we get toward mid-retirement. You may not have the same needs. So at that point, you know, the fact that you were in an urban area, initially, you may say, I really don't need that at this point. And you may now say, I want to move to a different environment. And then we'll get health big individuals. Now they find that you may want to move someplace that has assisted living possibilities. So you could find you more even after your time because you change in retirement. I tell I to help understand I'm an AR director. Think about your career. You start out early career, then career you did something different in late career. And so the same thing that in, that sort of made you happy early in your career didn't actually make you happy late in your career. And that's going to be the same thing that can happen in retirement. We just you, you just don't know when it's going to happen, but it will happen. Well, I would imagine family plays a, uh, a key role in that. So is it if, if you're ranking, this is why I want to move here, there, or otherwise, I would imagine family might not always be choice one, um, but it shouldn't be choice eight. Well, in some cases, especially at early retirement, 
family may not be the, the prime reason for that relocation. But as you age and you may need support from your family or your friends, and often what we try to do is to say, you know, family could be those that you consider your family too. Because one of the things that's happening more and more now, Bob, is that you have individuals who are single who are retiring. And they basically say, you know, they may not have had children. Uh, so at that point, their family to them is going to be that those individuals that they consider as family, their close friends. So we often lump in, you know, not only family, but people who serve in that role as family. Yeah, and, and when one is considering moving, um, how important is it to take everything you collected throughout your career to the next place? And probably that's not going to be the case. But what are the what are, what do you advise people to do? You know, top three things to consider that maybe nobody considered. I mean, I mean, the bottom line is the first thing is going to be to make a plan. You know, think about what is it, where you're moving to, what your space uh, is going to look like. Because the reality is, if you're coming from a three or four bedroom fully furnished home and you're now moving into a one or two bedroom condo, you know that you can't stuff all of that into that two bedroom condo. So you're going to have to figure out what are the things that will be necessary. Uh, and now, and, and with that, you're going to have to come up with some strategies of how you're going to divest yourself of these things that you don't or won't need to carry with you. And when you when you talk with folks, is there is there a hot button sometimes that turns them off that you're saying, "What well, did you consider this?" And you go, "None of your business." Or um, when they come to see you, how open are they with regards to questions? Some are, you know, some are, especially if they've taken that first step to say, "Let me uh, talk to someone about this." Uh, so they may be. Uh, and but the one thing you realize is that we do have to understand emotions because that is a big side of any relocation or any downsizing is your emotions. So let's say we, we wanted to move this particular area, but we don't know many people there. But for whatever reason, we've read and it seems to fit where we want to go. Uh, how do they dig a little bit deeper other than going to the Chamber of Commerce and whatnot? Do you, do you ever find people would rent first and then see how it works and then say, okay, it's time to buy maybe that same house uh, or someplace else? And, and that would be true, is that you would want to do a little bit of the homework. Uh, you, you're wanting to talk with people. One of the things, too, is to get involved with maybe affinity groups and you can do this on social media with, you know, in Facebook, there are many affinity groups for areas you move to. And that may be one way to begin to get a sense of the area that you're moving to. Uh, I, I know here where we are, there's tons of affinity groups online, and that helps you learn more as well as it helps you to meet people too. Okay. Andrew tells us it's time for a break and we'll <clears throat> let the listeners know more about what an ITP can do for them. Who do you trust when making your most important decisions? National Institute of Transition Planning has been the trusted source for federal retirement planning, serving new, mid-career, and pre-retirement federal employees for more than 30 years. NITP's subject matter experts bring more than 800 years of collective expertise on federal benefits, financial, transition, and estate planning. Visit NITPinc.com. That's NITPinc.com to sign up for their free monthly newsletter and information about free webinars. 
Are you at the mid-career stage of your federal career, or do you plan to retire in the next five years and wonder if you are prepared for retirement? No matter what career stage you are, it's never too early to dot the I's and cross the T's. NITP now offers online open enrollment training to help you understand your federal benefits package and financial planning options with tips and tools to plan and fine-tune your retirement planning goals. Visit NITPINC.com to download the current brochure and calendar. Okay, welcome back to For Your Benefit, the final leg of today's show with Herb Casey, Federal Retirement Specialist. And we're talking about and have talked about relocating and downsizing in retirement. So what, What? Well, let me ask you this, and I hope you don't take offense to this, but could you ever, could you address people that you've dealt with and you really thought you, know, you had them, but, you know, had them on the right path? but unfortunately didn't work or the reverse. You know, somebody didn't want to talk about this and didn't want to talk about this. And then you found a way to say, hey, to consider this. You're not there to change their mind, but you show them pluses and minuses. You know, sometimes, Bob, what you have are individuals and, and, and I'll give you an example, especially since I work with, uh, you know, individuals who are retiring from, state department sometimes and as well as other agencies but that one i work with the most is that there you have a group of individuals who some of them are retiring because they've hit a requirement to retire and and that can happen in a variety of agencies depending on what type of positions you're in you know some of some of them are going to be in the special categories where they have requirements that they retired a certain age and with that, even though they knew that from the beginning, when the time comes, it still hasn't hit them. And and they are not happy campers many times when it's time to retire. But, you know, when we go through this process with them, you know, you, the realization eventually hits them that, yes, it's going to happen. You know, you're not going to be able to go back in time and stay in this position. And with that, there initially it is a hesitancy or they may be you know i i'd say not ready to move forward but since we work with them for about a month by the end of that month they're understand they've gone through all of the things that they need to to take a look at who they are take a look at what they want to do and what they need to prepare themselves for so by the end of that month they have moved away from being this this angry person who doesn't want to think about these things to someone who has accepted the fact that this is the reality and they must prepare for these things. How far out should somebody start preparing? I, I would say, again, as I mentioned earlier, you start preparing, especially the financial side. And, and that, I find individuals aren't as... M aren't as concerned about how they're preparing, it's going to be that emotional and psychological side. And that's the part that, you know, even if you can start, the earlier you can start that, the better understanding that one day you will retire. And typically around, you know, five, between three to five years before retiring, if there's the, if you're deciding that this is something I'd like to do, you have the time to begin to develop some of these skills. You know, for instance, I don't know what, do you have a sort of, what would you call it, a hidden talent, Bob, that you just sort of kept on the back burner that if you were to retire, you would say, let me look into that a little more. So that that's what we tell individuals is that they may have something that they enjoyed doing when they were in school or younger, when they were younger, and maybe they'd like to go back to, developing some of those skills again in order to use them in retirement. Actually, <clears throat> over the years, I go down to the uh, people that are severely um, damaged through being in a war. Or being in, so I would go down and read to them. And, and don't laugh. You read to somebody? Yeah. And, you know, it was, it was, uh, it was actually very enjoyable or we helped, um, you know, fix up somebody's house. Um, you know, it, it's just, it's just nice to do it and there's a need for it. And, um, you know, 
so I, I find doing that or, um, you know, just talking to people in general, um, family members might say, well, you ought to talk to my friend and see, you know, how to get them out of the house. Like, like I'm a shrink, but I'm not. Uh, but it, it's fun just talking to them and why they do things or not. And, and most of them are receptive. I don't dig too deep, but just very general. You d dig deep, you get, you get in trouble. So. And, and again, you mentioned Habitat for Humanity. A lot of times when we're going through this month with individuals who are looking at retiring, and they're looking at how, what can they do to give back? So, you know, they're, they're thinking about these sorts of things. You know, they may want to help out with their, you know, local community, you know, with the schools or with a soup kitchen or, you know, with Habitat for Humanity. But again, you know, as you're beginning to do this transition, these are all the things you have to start thinking about. Yeah, yeah. How about fundraising? <clears throat> fundraising. Do people get into fundraising, whatever it might be? Well, this is the thing. Some individuals will decide that they'd like to be on boards, you know, uh, and, you know, because they may have certain skills uh, that they've had over the years. Uh, and with that, you know, it may require some fundraising. So, you know, so this is where now you say, what are your skills? Even though I know we're talking about relocation and 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 um, and downsizing, but still, when you're doing this transition, you have to also think about those things. What are what are the skills that you're taking with you into this retirement? Those transferable skills. So, you know, if you are thinking about fundraising, something that will do that you can do these sorts of things, you then have to take a look at well, what are my skills? You know, what do I have to offer? that would be useful if this is something that I wanted to do. Well, that, that, I'd imagine that that's not easy to do and you might not always hit the, you know, the bullseye on your first try. So I guess you live and learn. And uh, then you said, gee, I never thought I wanted to do that. And, and that's the thing, doors, doors will keep opening. I always tell individuals in retirement, you, you, you really have to be flexible or should, you know, in order to be, you know, take advantage of opportunities may come your way that you may have never thought about. I, I just say it's a path that we go on in retirement and you're going to have forks in the road as you go down this, this path. And, you know, even if you decide you're going to relocate, you know, there may be a fork in the road at some point that says, well, do I stay here or do I do something different? So you will, so throughout retirement, it's, you know, people often say, you know, once I retire, I, I've got it made. Uh, I have what they I consider my forever home. They, they have all these things that they are looking at, but they really fail to realize that retirement is not just one thing. It's 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 sort of the rest of your life. And what is it that you're going to do for the rest of that life? So folks that you've talked to over the years and you know, you've made you made the area known to the individual and alike, but do you find that there's a percent that go to wherever, but then they go, uh Oh, I made a mistake. I need to go either back home or I need to zig or zag. Is there, is there I, much of a percentage that do that? You hear about it. And I've heard it, you know, here coming to a place like Florida, which is sort of, you know, traditionally the place where people retire to, you see a combination where you see some individuals who will have made this move down to Florida. Well, after they spend the first year and they've gone through the hottest summer in their life uh, <laughs> and the most humid summer in their life, they then say, I don't think this is the place for me. So at that point, they may say, I'm now planning to get out of this. But on top of that, you have the weather, extreme weather, that because of that, there are financial issues that come up. For instance, you know, because of the hurricanes, you now have to deal with insurance, not only your homeowner's insurance, but flood insurance. And the cost of that has just gone up extremely high. So with that individuals, uh, you know, I read an article where someone here said, 
their homeowner's insurance had gone up to $12,000 a year. What? And it was and it was more than their mortgage was. So at this point, they realized if they wanted the you know the quality of life that they were looking for, they had to move out of Florida. So this is where you say even though you you may say your paradise or the place you'd like to retire is this place, there could be issues things that happen that will require you to rethink that down the road. Wow. So in, in all your travel, what would you say were, as it just comes to mind, I don't want to say the top 10, but the top 10 of people that you really thought were going to be fit to go here, but they found that they didn't. Where do they go next? <laughs> For most people who do that, chances are, you know, they may go back, especially if they didn't do any research. If you based your move on a summer vacation and you moved, you sold everything and moved to this place and you got there and you say, this is not what I expected. Chances are most times people will now move back to the area that they had left from because that's more familiar with them. And that may be where they have their support network with their friends and family and they just may feel more at home. So this is where you tell individuals, please do your research before you make those moves, or, 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 and especially maybe rent first. You know, don't up and sell your home right away, but maybe rent uh, for six months or doing a period that's not the high season if it's at a tourist uh, place in order for you to feel like, yes, I've done the best I can in coming up with that place. All righty. With all this good information, where can people, can, do you have a website you can go to or how does somebody contact I, you? I would say, you know, I don't have a website myself, but what I tell individuals, if you're looking at uh, relocating, you know, I've, I've provided some good sites that you could go to to help you determine what the factors are for you, you know, because again, there is no one right place to move to in retirement. Uh, so again, I'll just mention again that niche.com, that's N-I-C-H-E.com, livability.com, bestplaces.com is also one. And I know some individuals may decide that they want to move abroad. I often tell individuals, you know, I have classes when I'm doing some of the classes, you have individuals who say that they plan to move abroad. So there's another site for those individuals, uh, teleport, T-E-L-E-P-O-R-T.com. So that way, if you're trying to move outside of the U.S., this could uh, help you because it displays a summary of the city, the quality of life, the cost of living, the pros and cons of living you know, abroad. All righty. So, Andrew, what do we got? Five minutes? Andrew says five more minutes. So <laughs> on the um, on the income tax side, do you ever get into that with them? Not not the calculations necessarily, but uh, saying, OK, this uh, this is a high tax state. This is a medium tax state. Here are some of the surprises and whatnot. Do you get into that? We we don't really get into, into much detail with that. We just basically say, please make sure that you understand what the tax burden is going to be for your different income streams in any state that you move to, you know, because you, you know, some people run from state income tax and I'm sure you're familiar with those individuals, oh, yeah. but yeah. they, they, they forget, you know, other types of taxes, maybe the local sales tax, you know, property, uh, and a state taxes. So they forget all these other taxes, but they're only concerned about the state income tax. So, so we tell individuals, be careful about using that. But then you also say, if you're moving just to get out of a state that has state income tax, what about now? How are you going to come back to visit your family and friends? You now have to add in a budget for that travel back and forth. So this is where, you know, you probably have seen that more than I have in regards to how do you help individuals deal with that whole aspect of taxes. It, well, it, it's a reality, not shock sometimes, but you'd say, okay, well, you, you understand how it works here, wherever that state might be. But if you were going to move to some other state, 
you know, it might be the same, might be uh, worse, and it might be less. But if you don't ask that question, so unless you're just dead set on going into this state in this area, then you're going to have to pay the price or see more money. I don't, I don't know. But um, I'm just talking with people, certainly not as much as you do. Uh, but there is this kind of unknown. There's not always a choice one and no other choices. No, that's true. And so we, we try to help people, you know, when we're going through this month training many times, we're helping them sort of look at their whole life. Like I said, looking at the life dimensions, not just looking at the financial, but every aspect of their life. All righty. Neander tells us we have less than two minutes. So final talk about how does somebody contact you or contact points? I, you know, I would I, again, I say, you know, those sites help you in regards to relocating. And when you start talking about, you know, downsizing, especially your possessions, um, you know, there's there's a, a good book out there by the name by the name of Downsizing, Confronting Our Possessions in Later Life. And it's written by David Eckert. That's E-K-E-R-D-T. He's a professor at University of Kansas. But these are good things to, I always tell the individuals, do your research as you're getting ready to uh, do any of these things. And, and there you can help yourself understand what goes into this process of downsizing, uh, the, the need, you know, come up with some strategies. You know, what are you going to keep? What are you going to give to people? What are you going to sell? And then what are you going to just discard? Okay, Herb. Andrew tells us we got one minute. Just final thoughts, comments. Oh, I would say when you're getting ready to retire, and, and I really don't like to use the word retire. I, did, I like to use the word transition because it's it's to me more open and versus retirement. I, I would just say if you're looking at relocating, is to understand why you're doing so. And if you have a, a significant other, make sure that they're on board with you in this uh, play, in this whole thing of relocating and test the waters. Don't just sell everything and move. Test the waters uh, before you do that. And in regards to downsizing, sort of come up with a plan, figure out what is you plan to keep, what you plan to give away, what you may donate and as they say our kids don't want our stuff so we've got to figure out how do we uh dispose of it all righty herb thank you ever so much and again website contact point bottom line is like i said that's uh, you know i don't have one myself because my thoughts are that information's out there for everyone yeah, so yeah. i don't have a i don't have a site myself I, I, I agree with you. <laughs> All righty, Herb. Till next time. Thank you ever so much. And listeners, thanks for listening. Bye-bye. You've been listening to For Your Benefit, presented by NITP and sponsored by WEPA. Please tune in next Monday at 10 a.m. for a topic solely devoted to you, the federal employee. This show can also be heard on demand at federalnewsradio.com. Search for your benefit. Thanks for listening.